Hi, and welcome to the 72nd episode of Keen Minds. We're covering NBC's The Blacklist, Season 6, Episode 6, The Ethicist, and Episode 7, General Shiro. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I'm Tessa. And how did you like this? Um, I Individually, I liked the episodes really well. Um, I had some trouble with the logic switching over, you know, between them. Um, Could you explain that? <laughs> oh, wait, you want me to go into that? Um, yeah. I, I had some problem with the logic of how they got to General Shiro. And so I went back and I, I think I've seen... Uh, episode six three times now because I went back uh, after after getting back into town and everything I was actually mm-hmm. for for those that didn't you know, don't follow us on Facebook or uh, Tumblr or anything I was in New York uh, so Tessa and I did a, a quick little video and it's up on Facebook and Tumblr so we said hello um, but so I did a rewatch uh, so that I was watching the episodes back to back because I thought you know I'm missing something I'm missing a key component here and. You, you know, I it was not quite as stark of an issue as I first thought it was, but there was still a lot of trouble because Red was talking to Atticus and he said, you know, that he was looking for their mutual colleague or friend or wh- whatever he was calling the guy. And he said that he would go to someone to handle an assassination quietly. And Atticus said General Shiro. Mm-hmm. And which... Makes sense. That's very much in line with how Red gets information. That flowed perfectly, perfectly fine. As of episode six, I had no problem with it. It was when I got to the end of uh, of the General Shiro episode. We had General Shiro, you know, the, the guy that was going by General Shiro mm-hmm. was not in the criminal world. He was, he was going, uh, he, he was following his own code. And trying to, you know, give the bugs a fighting chance. It had nothing to do with other criminals or, you know, supply. I mean, apparently, according to Red, you know, the guy that he's trying to get a hold of reached out to General Shiro to get some of his bug juice. But that's certainly not handling something quietly. And so that just didn't really match up. And then plus, because... General Shiro really wouldn't be on anybody's radar particularly. How did Atticus, who's been drugged in a mental hospital for who knows how long, how would he know? Like, this is all fairly recently happening. It just, it didn't, I felt like there were several big holes there that it just kind of got convenient. It was, it was interesting, but it, it just was a little convenient. Well, maybe I'm reading things into, you know, things that are not there. But to me, it was, um, so, well, Atticus hasn't been there for for too long. He was just there awaiting trial. Um, and because he was so violent, and I guess when they went to get his competency, he wanted to rip the doctor's tongue out. So, therefore, they got him drugged. So, I don't think that he has been there that long. It was just long enough to, you know, 
to have to try to rip somebody's tongue out. And and that's true, but that doesn't mean he would have any idea who this guy was. Well, but not necessarily, because I think about something. Most of these people who are doing a an experiment, I mean, this this guy was basically genetically modifying bugs in order to make them to survive and adapt. And in order to do that, he needed money. And obviously, he was working in a lab, earning whatever a lab a researcher, doctor does, uh, not enough to fund uh, genetic uh, sequencing material, um, changing, you know, the box, maintaining all that, doing all that research. That, I mean, that lab of his must have, must have cost a pretty penny. So I would not be surprised, not necessarily the bugs. I mean, the, the, the beetles would not be exactly a quiet assassination, but there would be many things that could be a quiet assassination. And put, put some some ants that, that carry some, some uh, poison or whatever, and, you know, somebody dies of a of a bee sting or something just that the bee has been genetically modified to carry 15 times what the normal poison is. And that may be what and it haven't been uh, stung by one. I thought I was going to die. And you know, well, not by one, but about a hundred hornets. Um, yeah. So I could see how that happened and maybe they didn't quite uh, did the editing in a way that, that, that seems like it, there were a couple of scenes that were missing. Um, yeah. like them saying, Hey, you know what? We found the keys to a bunch of murders or whatever, but there was one guy that, that wanted, um, a, a name, a number, an address. And that is that Michael Falkirk in England. And that's what what Dembe goes to get. As you need to unseal the crime scene and he goes and he finds this this address where General Shiro had uh, sent something to this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I agree with you. I feel like something got edited out or, you know, that maybe it wasn't the original script that was the issue that it happened in the the cutting room, but still, I the the end result of the episodes together left me feeling like they skipped over something, and so and I oh. I I felt I I've had a little bit of an issue uh, this season so far. I mean, we're only seven in, but I've had some issues with unclear writing. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like uh, we discussed last time. I, no, no, I guess we haven't because that would that would be the no. Episode. That's the yeah. Uh, that's uh, with Jennifer. Jennifer felt very, oh. you know, like they've been flip flopping back and forth. That you know, originally we saw Jennifer as just this innocent person that didn't have a hand in anything, and she was, you know, the only connection she, you know, had to the criminal world was by accident through Ian Garvey. And, and Reddington, obviously, but, um, you know, and so and then but she the, was revenge is a bitch. Yeah. Uh, especially when there's two of them. And then now she's like, she's, yeah, I don't know. Would you have done that? Exactly. I, I don't. It, I, I, well, it, it feels like it's flipping back and forth. And I also saw with uh, I still don't know if Glenn was trying to sabotage or help Red. And oh, he was so trying to help Red. I, maybe I, I didn't feel like it was clear. It goes back to it wasn't very clear writing with that. And I mean, he's always goofy. He's always like that. And but I there just, is a theory that he had that pug lady and that pug lady was his his person in there. Oh, well, maybe that's it then. 
I don't I know. Mean, and it, it may come out later that it's cleared up. And but as of right now, between Jennifer, the General Shiro stuff, and Glenn, I just I'm sitting here kind of reeling, going, there are so many things that just and I hope that they tie together. I just well, the well, individual- I think you're also looking at things that are a lot more critical because you're doing screenwriting now. So I think that that <laughs> makes a big difference. It but could. For the, for the term of, of, of me, I, for example, I was, I, I make the leap. This guy has to be a criminal. Um, I mean, he's financing this, this, when I saw the lab, it's like, yeah, this guy is just that this is not his only thing. There were all kinds of bugs in there. There were just, just beetles. There were all kinds of bugs. Um, this was not an epi- This episode should have come with a warning for people who have. No, really, there is there is somebody in Reddit who asks, like, I saw this box and is like, can I watch the episode? And there's people who have phobias that are very and and insect phobia is a common one. It should have had a warning for insect phobia people. Um, I mean, I don't like beetles. Of all the things, I really don't like beetles. And I could watch it because it's just that I don't like them. Not that I'm, like, phobic. Yeah. I'm um, the same way. I Like, they are not... Ugh. I mean, and to yeah, there's have, something them, about them. have them coming up your esophagus and choking on it just... It was... They definitely went for the shock factor on it. Yeah. And they, I mean, it was great. <laughs> I loved it. They... I, they hit the shock factor with a uh, swing out of the park there. So yeah, I mean, I love I love this episode. Um, um, can can uh, should we start by? I mean, Samar and Aram didn't really have much to do in this episode. There uh, were there was yeah, that they, interrogation of the of the guy. Yeah, um, and that's that's about all they had, um, which that was another note that I have in here. We're hitting on all my notes within the first 10 minutes of the podcast. So back in season four, it was season four because it was uh, Liz was still, uh, Kirk still had Liz. Uh, Samar spoke fluent Spanish. What happened? <laughs> Wait, that ha- is correct. She spoke yeah, Spanish. Continuity problem. So I'm just like, that is wait. <laughs> I mean, like, it was adorable with, with Aram trying. And by the way, that's about how I speak Spanish. That's why I don't. It's because I sound like that. I, I don't want to butcher a pretty language. <laughs> um, but, like, that was very Aram just stumbling around it and trying to put people at ease. It was It was cute, but... She speaks fluent Spanish. They didn't need, you know, if they yeah, wanted. If you're they, right. You're right. You got that one right. I have forgotten all about that. Yeah. Like immediately. She did an interrogation of the guy mm-hmm. in good Spanish. Yeah. Uh, down in Cuba. And so, yeah. yeah. And yeah. instead they had this guy who by the name Schmock was the name. Isn't well, that funny? Well, I mean, he may just know Spanish is a second language. I mean, no, I, no, no, but that's the name of the guy, Schmuck. Oh, oh, I thought you were saying because, like, he didn't. No, have no, no. Okay. Not, his name was Schmuck, the character, the restaurant owner. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> he must have been mocked so much as a kid. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I found it a little. Um, uh, 
But it was not much for them to do. There wasn't much to do for them in Klepper either. I mean, they were just looking for for this guy. I, I will say I, I was happy to see Aram out in the field because we know that yeah. he's been cleared to be... Which, by the way, in doing the research for my own story, I found out that they're really, like, if he shouldn't have just become, like, that kind of crossover doesn't happen in the actual FBI, from, from what I understand. Like, he wouldn't just not be field ready and then take a test to become field ready. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I think he was trained to be a field ready. To yeah. Be... Like, but I don't think that, I don't think he that would have, have to go that through way. Quantico basically. Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't think it would have happened that way. Like, it's fine. It's, it's TV. There's a lot of leniency there, but it just, well, it's... Th but there is agents that are not field agents. Yeah. But they still go through Quantico. Um, they do. Uh, no, but yeah, but not for field. Field, you would have to be training, driving yeah, he, training, weapons training, all that. I, I he was. He's a geek. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it would have gone about that way, from what I understand. But it was just that's just a funny thing. I, it's stimulant. I I like having him out in the field. I think it opens up a lot of doors for for him as you know a character, for Amir as an actor. It's it's awesome, and um, and so I was really happy because he really hasn't been out in the field since he got his training for that we haven't I mean, he was out in one or two yeah but not episodes. not to this extent he wasn't interviewing people and you know carrying a gun going in oh no that's that's not true he did meet with the the guy with the chip in his forehead um mm -hmm. but um but anyway I, I i still liked seeing those two out in the field together i was i was a fan of that it was a nice mm. nice little piece there yeah. Um, so, should we move to wrestler? Yes. Um, oh, yes. Yes. Sorry. I, well, I, no, I keep focusing on uh, 607, and so much happened with Ress in 606 with him figuring out that Liz is hiding something from him. It, it was really. I, I adore Smart Ress, where he starts piecing things together and, and calls it out. And so I, I was very much a fan of, of him figuring that out and then trusting her because she needs someone on her side right now. I she, I didn't even feel that he was trusting her as much as he just wasn't ready to to confront her or anything. And it was just like, oh, he did you confront know. her. He did. Yeah, yeah. But confront her. In, and he said, you know, I can't tell you right now. Um, I mean, it's it's been a very interesting uh, thing going on for me, and I don't know if you remember when I when I started developing my my rubber banding theory. Mm -hmm. uh, I was starting to see things like this, and well, not exactly the same, but little things. And people would complain like, "Oh, wrestler is just you know like uh, erratically drawn and all that." And I'm like, "It's like, I I don't think so. I actually think that there is a." a progression that is being planned and is, is careful. It, it's, I see in the steps and I'm beginning to see different steps in this occasion and they're interesting steps. Um, in, in season five, I mean, Res Red had saved wrestler from going into the dark once when he presented Tanita's head and he took Tanita out and prevented wrestler from becoming him from going in a dark revenge in a moment where he was, you know, totally engulfed by pain. 
and where his moral compass wasn't really working so good. And and he killed Tanita and presented the head. And 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 Ressler didn't say, "Oh my God, I got a head." He killed Tanita. He quietly accepted it. And he, in the um, I still want to know where that head is. I uh, me too. Maybe <laughs> I mean, like, toss it. How how do you store that or get Maybe rid of it? Maybe he just put it around a a um, bowling ball, and now he's bowling with it all the time. Oh, why is that the go-to? <laughs> I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> Imagine just throwing the bowl and seeing the. Uh, it would be fun. Okay. Anyway, have, you, have you ever um, seen the? Have you ever seen those flower pots that are like skulls and then <laughs> got flowers in the skull? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> that's, that's where well, my brain went. Something like that. It would be like, yeah, here you are. I'm throwing you out against stuff. Um, but the 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 thing is that in in the dossier, Liz remarked that. Ressler, for some reason she didn't understand, seemed calmer. So it must have brought him a measure of peace to know that this guy had paid the price for killing Audrey. And in in season five, we had him killing Prescott. And granted, there are some very um, personal reasons for it to do that. He needed Ressler on the inside. He didn't want, you know... Prescott has information on red, on red that he didn't want out, but it was mainly to save, uh, to save Wrestler. And Red did something, um, and Wrestler, you know, thank him for, you know, he didn't go home, but he didn't step into the darkness, and he wanted, and he he was like, I I didn't want you to kill Prescott. I wanted him to go to justice, and Red said that line that the the line through good and evil goes through the hearts of all of us, and I feel that what they're setting up, a wrestler is for having an arc where he feels compelled to himself to justify the moral turpitude that he feels he has now that he's not anymore clear cut that he took a walk on the dark side and he's always going to have a foot in there by saying, are we doing uh, Red's bidding? Are we, um, are we now doing that? Why are we never being told why we're doing this? And I find it an, an interesting arc and I think I know where it's going. I think this is going towards he will have to either become who he says he is or accept who he had become. So it's going to be interesting, and by putting Liz in that category as well, like she, he's beginning to see Liz as the new Reddington. That and wasn't. Sh- that was a very interesting line about you know that he just assumed that she was carrying his water, but mm-hmm. he couldn't take a, you know, couldn't have any communication there, and so it wasn't Reddington's blacklist, or it was hers. And mm-hmm. we've seen that already with the uh, Doctor Fulton. Um, Liz had made the comment there. I mean, and we, we've seen it building towards this, that, you know, you have the parallels between Red and Katarina and Katarina dying and whatever that did with Red and Red choosing to, you know, regardless on biological or not biological child, um, Red choosing not to raise Liz. And right now Liz has lost Tom and she's choosing to allow, you know, Tom's mom to keep, keep Agnes while she's dealing with this. She's building her own personal, you know, um, group 
she she has Fulton on the the back burner there. I'm kind of sorry that we haven't seen more of that, you know, building more of that. Um, but she's got Jennifer who has her her guy, and so I mean she's making these connections and she's she's traveling down that path of becoming mm-hmm. more like Reddington. And so Rustler's statement is just another affirmation of that. That yeah. it's she is now giving them a blacklister versus mm-hmm. versus red, and it it was for a very personal reason, and mm-hmm. you know, and it was a bad guy, she, and he chose not to tell Res, uh, to tell Cooper about it, mm-hmm. which was an interesting choice. Um, I think that, that's why I felt like that he chose at least for the moment to trust her, to give her the benefit of the doubt. And More the benefit of the doubt than the trust issue. I, I I would agree. If you put it in terms of to give her the benefit of the doubt, yes. To trust her, I don't think so. I think that wrestler, for the longest time, he has um, ever since, you know, even even when Liz faked her death and, and wrestler was there, like I understand why she did it. I think that he has come like to understand that, you know, Liz is, according to what he believes, Reddington's daughter, mm-hmm. and very much like Reddington. And and there's been that that they they he hasn't been anymore towards towards Liz the way he used to be. They used to be more friends. They used to be more uh, in touch with one another. I see wrestler now making actually a a very um, wall I mean when he was in trouble he didn't trust any of them he didn't yeah. trust Cooper he didn't trust Samar nor Ram nor Liz Liz was in her own little world um, there, there's been Wrestler is really in a completely different world than the rest of them I mean they're all it's very funny because at, at this and season three in season they were very much together it was you know it was it was a great of time because they were all in one thing and even when they were chasing Liz and then after Liz came back and now it seems like there is even though there is a romantic relationship going that they're all going in different directions to me because even uh, Ram was like was like oh, oh I was just playing the the uh, the, the sympathy card and Saram and Aram and Samara is like no 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 I don't know. It just feels to me that the that the task force is showing cracks. Yeah, they're. Yeah, I would agree with that. So Cooper, boy, did we have some interesting scenes with Cooper? Uh, what about bringing the uh, the um, cigars? To red that was yeah such an interesting scene between the two of them and to come all the way from smells like hubris to where we are and i i've actually i mean as, as put out as i've been with red for the last year or so i still very much enjoy that bizarre little friendship that they have hmm. and um i while while cooper does get very frustrated i think more on the behalf of you know what what he feels is putting liz into really bad situations mm-hmm. i think that there's still a level of respect there for him with red and maybe maybe admiration maybe that's not the right word but 
that that he is well aware of what Red brings to the table and that they could not do it without him. I mean, mm. he said as much. And I think that because of that, he's willing to use to say that the, you know, ends justify the means. And he's very willing to allow Redding to be, to be those means if it means saving multiple lives over the course mm. of the years that they've worked with him. Um, I have a very different take on Cooper. Um, I never saw that thing of hubris, of hubris being a real thing much more. I'm always aware in the blacklist of who is being watched. I know if you remember the beautiful Mustang commercials, um, with Tom and he says, everybody's being watched all the time. So I've always been very careful, and, and not always, I've, I've become very careful about making a distinction when I see a scene is who's watching. And whenever it happens in a public place, I'm always thinking this may be true, this may be not true. Maybe they're playing a role each with this, with the situation. So I to to see what the real relationship between Cooper and Red is. I go to 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 a, a few select episodes. The first is the judge. Red saves Cooper, and and for that he's willing to get classified information, which basically adds to the crimes that he has done. And I mean, we're not talking about about murders of not so innocent people. We're getting classified information, basically espionage. Then we go. Another of those episodes is when Cooper asks for when they are in the, in the thrushes. They they Red has that compound where nobody can get in. And no, they have to leave their cell phones. They have to leave everything. There is nothing digital. There is no internet. And then they have a very interesting conversation. It's the two of them, Red is talking about how when he did this, he didn't imagine that it was going to get harder and harder every day, that he's suffocating Liz. Um, they talk about why or not putting um, Kirk on the on the blacklist, and that is a very different tone conversation that we had before and after. So my thinking when I see those conversations and and the difference is they're playing a role, and the role is you know Cooper is going to be upset with Red is going to be so they're they're hiding the real relationship and when red is in cooper's house it makes it's, it looks pretty evident from the whole thing that that red knows uh charlene and the kids probably when the kids were kids you know 20 some years ago um so it's not an uh it, it's not a stretch that cooper may have met uh, whoever you think red's wife is well, I mean, yeah, I, you said that he seemed to know Charlene. He made the comment when he went to go visit him in, I think that's the fir yeah. first episode in season two. He says, you know, give Charlene my love. You know I mean? Yeah. So it's. Yeah, and ask about the kids. How old are they now? You know, the kids, not Charlene. There is there is a, a, a sense of, and he, you know, advises him, like, you know, forgive her. Um, don't Red always knows what's going on, and then they, they had the conversation when 
Cooper comes to him to save his friend's son. And that, again, is a very different relationship than what we see in the post office. Um, Redis is is interrogating this guy, going to inject him with fentanyl. And Cooper is like, yep, if you don't do this, you overdose. If you don't do that, you overdose. If you don't talk, you overdose. If the information you give us is not good, you overdose. And Redis is like, right there with that. Well, so it's in a very different dynamic. So we come to this cigar scene, which I loved. I've watched that scene so many times. And I see so many things going on in there. They, he comes with a couple of cigars. You know, before it was Dembe coming with, with, the, um, with the champagne, he mentions Marvin Gerard sending him caviar in, in jail. You know, one of those wildly... Of all the things to send to an insect-ridden jail, like mosquito spray, I would have preferred mosquito spray to caviar, but I'm not red. Um, <laughs> I mean, that would have said to me love. <laughs> uh, apparently, caviar means... And Cooper brings cigar, and they both sit on the same wall. They both are wearing maroon ties, um, uh, same color shirt, and they sit, and this is two naval, former naval officers sitting, and the way they should, it's very hard to, to know who's in jail, because they, they I mean, they, they put the, the scene from one side, from the other, you can't tell. And they smoking cigar, which is almost a celebratory thing. It's a moment between two friends. And I find, I'm sure that there is conversations following this that we didn't see. And I was going to say, he was there for a long while because it takes a while for a cigar to smoke down. And yes. at the end, Red Red's was very short. Yeah. And so, so I'm sure that we're going to see eventually whatever is that we didn't see in here. But but that that to me, I've always have suspected that Cooper was there for a reason. That even when Cooper goes transfer as a former golden boy too, just like Red was, two former navy golden boys both of them that i think i think that cooper was placed there for assistance in this mission um and i think that cooper knows who red is i think cooper probably knows that reddington is not his real name i wouldn't be surprised if cooper does know what his real name is um and and cooper always suspected that this was his daughter he didn't have a confirmation he always knew where to find dna confirmation of red being red and he doesn't seem to have and this seat with cooper seems to put all this um all this um imp impersonator to rest there is no way that cooper is mistaken is mistaking somebody who's known for so long. No, and I mean, that's been one of the arguments for a while. That I mean, because you have Cooper, potentially, and you have the, the guy that Red went to go see in was that season one. Um, Amiral Abrams. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. and so you, you have people that have known him for years that easily recognize him. And so, yeah, there's uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what they come out with at the end. Yeah, and I've, and I've always, just as a disclaimer, I've always maintained he's an imposter in the sense that they where they use it with Tom Keene. That's not his name. That's what imposter means. All 
all impersonators are imposters or not all imposters are impersonators. It's like all cats are mammals, but not all mammals are cats. So one is an encompassing category like impersonator, whether the imposter. So um, should we talk about the blacklisters? They were interesting. I mean, and we've been over a little bit of it uh, just in my my comments about, mm-hmm. you know, the the shift into it and the holes that we found. Um, but they were they were interesting. Um, what do you think about the ethicist? Wasn't he interesting? He was spooky. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, we've seen this in TV before the general, you know, numbers are, are going to define if a person lives or dies sort of thing. But I thought it was a very interesting spin on it. Uh, he, he was very, very calculated. And to the point that at the end, I mean, he was willing to go out of his way to save Liz's life because obviously she had a higher value than he did, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Um, I think he was also just trying to stay out of jail as well. But um, <laughs> I... I had an interesting thought there at the end. I mean, she sat there and handed this guy the gun, walked out. She had no idea he, you know, he said he was going to blow his own brains out. But what if he had, you know, just started shooting at her people when they showed up? Yeah. I mean, that it was it was a calculated risk. I think that she just read him and said, this guy's going to kill himself. Yeah. And it could have been a risk, and it definitely would have. Uh, she would have all those people on his on her head, mm. had it been not, or shoot at her and kill her. Yeah, I mean, this is. Um, she could have just put the gun on the table, and that way, at least she would be safe. Or, you know, at that moment, just call uh, call rest and say, "Hey, I got here," and um, and I think the guy has a weapon. To, to try to prevent, or at least wait until she hears a shot, which she didn't. Yeah, I mean, but it was it was definitely an interesting uh, interesting blacklister there, and General Shiro bugs and also and also bugs. kind of totally insane because it was nobody paying him. He was just he looked at this guy who had who had killed this this girl. And went and said, well, you kill her, but, uh, you know, she had more value than you. So let me just help you if you build a plant here. Um, so that, that, I mean, it's not even, like, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. He was definitely on the, the nutty scale. Yeah. Um. And uh, how about General Shiro? Uh, another one that I mean, like honestly, as soon as we met him, I was like, "Oh, there's our bug dude. <laughs> He's the one that's doing it." But it was a very interesting twist with the way they they went about it, and I, I just I will forever now have it stuck in my head with bugs coming up this sophagus and out the mouth. I just ugh. it's I'm not a bug fan. Not yeah, not I love the uh, when they when they're doing the the incision to help him breathe and, and the bugs come out. It was great. Oh, so you and I have very different versions of great. <laughs> so oh, it was, it, was, it was creepily great. I I mean, it was like somewhat revolting, but it was great. Yeah. I mean, it, it was definitely for the shock factor. It was for, for what they were aiming for. They hit it right on the nose for it. So kudos guys. I'm just still a little squeamish. 
Yeah, some people that were having wine were like, oh, and somebody read it was saying, so I sit there with my veggies and my stuff and I'm enjoying the crunch and then it's like, ah. Oh, no, I had a glass of wine and I like was reaching for it as he dumps it in there. I went, oh, no, no, no. Horrible. Oh, it was. Were you able to have your wine? I was, yeah, because I knew that I opened that bottle and nobody touched it. Good. <laughs> there were no bugs in my wine. <laughs> I would have been a little squeamish. Ugh. I have a great imagination. Oh, I do too, but I've managed to talk myself out of some uh, out of those sorts Wasted of panics wine. before. Yeah, I don't like mm. to waste wine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. So, um, do you want to talk about um, about Dembe and and Glenn? Dembe. So I, I had a lot of trouble with Glenn because Glenn is – I've always been very fond of Glenn. I love the actor. I found him first on a show called Fringe several years back. And the actor's phenomenal. I love – when they started getting rid of all of Red's crew and he was the one that stayed, I loved it. I was – I mean, like, I miss Marvin. I miss a lot. I mean, I obviously miss Kate. But, you know, I, I was glad that at least we kept Glenn because he's always been so infuriating and fantastic at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I don't blame Red for wanting to take his head off. And there's something very fun about someone that can push Raymond Reddington to snapping. Red's oh my God, so cool so under much. pressure, but the moment Glenn comes in... He has him twisted around and snapping and yelling. And, I mean, Red has no control. Okay. And I'm so- yanking your cheese. I'm, I'm pulling your leg. I'm like, uh, and he's always, like, eating. And, and uh, when he had Dembe with the, with, remember, with the bowling? Um, and uh, he had, oh, it was just great. I mean, the, and the dogs and the shrimp oh, the platter just, and the I mean, retirement but- party. Yeah, I mean, so the fact that, and like I said earlier, I felt like it wasn't very clear on if he was really trying to help or not. Because um, it could have gone either way. Because I don't think he was entirely joking with Dimbe when he said, let's just let him rot. Um, so I also want to know how he actually got put onto the, the list if he was a convicted felon. Like because you see, he hacks the DMV. That's where the the voters uh, come. The the well, the jury duty gets in there. I guess so. Uh, I think that he was trying to help, and then Rat started getting very um, troubled and insulted him. And I, you know, he was getting the worst out of Red. I mean, the guy. I think that that Glenn is one of those. I, I, I think everything he said to the jur- to the to the um, in the in the in the um, court were, was absolutely the truth. He, nobody ever picks him. He has an annoying personality, uh, so he doesn't try. So he's like he was trying so hard to get picked. Like I haven't heard anything about this trial. I don't know who Raymond Reddington is. Um, I mean, he was trying generally to help, and Rent starts pushing his buttons, and they do it to each other. Yeah. Uh, and and just... you know, and and Red is horrified that 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 Glenn is there. I mean, there aren't very many people that would make Raymond Reddington want a fifteen-minute break 
to gather himself. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we've seen the way he gets like, all you want to see is getting me lather up. You're, you're pathological. Um, you know, and, and he has this like, Kokamemi's stories that there's like the legionary disease and this protocol and the other stuff and it's always an excuse. He's a pathological liar. I yeah. mean, he's and he, about And he it. knows exactly what to say. But I think that the same happened with Red. Red got so horrified that really hurt him. And, and, and you know, it's like he, he had to get Red to say he was sorry. Yeah. You know? So I, I think that that to, to me, but I do think that he got somebody on the jury du- on the jury, which is a pug lady, because Red had the, the 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 shop, and he always been very kind to dogs. So the fact that he was offensive to this pug lady, to me, tells me that he had a feeling that this was he was trying not to be too eager towards her. We also just spent a lot of time with her. I mean, more time than the others. They were intercutting between the other people, but they really, Red was focused on her. We were focused on her as an audience. And, and so she'll be coming back. And so that would make sense. And she has, and she has the pot. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's like, I'm a pot person. Like I'm a dog person. Pugs are sweet. They're crazy, but but they're sweet. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love all dogs, but then, uh, so I thought that that having Glenn there was absolutely hilarious. He was even getting Dembe upset. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that's well, I mean, not. I I think Dembe was just so shocked that he made the comment about you know. He said the same thing to to Red about Dembe. Remember when when Dembe was on the run? He said, "Yeah, you know, I never trusted that fellow with a fake um, <sighs> African accent." And, you know, he says the same things. Like he just yeah, that's true. I'd forgotten about that one. Yeah, but you're he's right. He's one of those people that just like whatever opportunity he has to push buttons, he does. He opens his mouth and words come out, and they are not thought through. It's <laughs> no. uh, but, but he's yeah. loyal. Yeah, and in action most of the time. And that that's why I, I would like to think that he was trying to help because otherwise... Oh, I think he was trying to help. I mean, he's he's been the one that's stuck around. Well, Red is like, this guy doesn't doesn't do that. And he's a disagreeable personality. I mean, Red was like taking everything that he had bottled up inside. And it's funny because they were, you remember, oh, I just realized that. Pug lady with the, the flatulence of the pugs. Do you remember that scene with Glenn and, and they're eating sausages and he says, we're going to have to sleep with the window open because <laughs> I'm going to have another sausage. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Glenn. Oh, yeah. Glenn. <laughs> so I do think that he was trying to. It, it was just hilarious. I love the actor. I think Clark Middleton is unbelievable. He's wonderful. I love that man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's done very very well, um, and and the character is certainly uh, remarkable. Um, which takes us to should we do Liz in? I mean, because we had Jennifer in Clapper, mm-hmm. uh, and she was totally absent in this one. Yeah, um, I think that I think that uh, Fiona has been filming something else as well. That's yeah, I think that she's actually on on a series. That just that because these episodes were filmed in two thousand eight and eighteen. Uh huh. This this all in two thousand eight, really? <laughs> no, two thousand eighteen. <laughs> it's 
been a hard day. Um, 2018, and Fiona was filming a series. I, I'm, lucky, I'm lucky if I don't call it 19-something still. So. <laughs> so let's talk about Jennifer. What a, what a change she has had. She, yeah, I... I don't know if there's, I mean, you hope there's a reason to it that'll become more clear as, as we see, but it feels very much like flip-flopping back and forth. And I mean, I, I just, I don't have a lot of confidence that I understand her character at this point. Uh, because I think that, and, and I might be completely wrong. This is, this is a theory I have. I don't. Uh, when I look at Jennifer Reddington, I always have to say to people, you have to look at the events from her point of view. Not from the audience point of view, not from Liz's yeah. point of view, from Jennifer point of view. And from Jennifer point of view, I am not sure at all that Jennifer doesn't believe that Red is her father. I think Jennifer was out for revenge. She was pissed because, I mean, she's she's grown up her entire life hearing, we're hiding from your daddy. You know, he's dangerous. In 2007, when she's finishing college or something, the mother said, uh, yeah, he's so dangerous that I'm afraid he's going to get me and make me tell him, where are you? So you have to get away from me. Um, so there she is, college, finished college, she goes on, obviously, Garvey gives her another identity, come back, it's 2017, Garvey moves her again, because that identity, Lillian Roth, has no college, so this is an identity created way after she finished college, she, the first she, the second identity change, she had one identity change when she's five or six years old in 1990, from Jennifer Reddington to whatever. Then she has another identity in 2007 when she's still in college. So this identity has some college degree because she obviously graduated under whatever new identity she had. And then in 2017, she gets yet another identity. This one with no college, no traces, that's it, that no, no, no history. She has no kids, she's never been married, she has no college education, nothing is found, and she's standing bar for two years. So it's 27, 18, and Frank finds her, tells her that her mother is dead, and that her mother met Frank, met Red. So we can't, we have to think that for Jennifer, always afraid of her father, she was always reading about Raymond Reddington. In 2015, she reads that Raymond Reddington is helping this agent, Elizabeth Keene, uh, escape, and they're on the run together. And then in 2018, Frank finds her and says, after she's been moved by Garvey one more time, and she's standing bar and serving warm beers and melt, uh, tuna melt, and with Garvey, the only thing connecting her to any family, anything, she's lost everything, it tells her that actually her mom had met this guy, and her father, and he actually cared for her and gave them a new identity. 
And in fact, if she inquired a little bit, they probably Frank told her all about that goodbye because she wasn't happy about it at all. So, you know, it wasn't like she was punching him. She, they share a, a hug and an and intimate moment. So she knows that her thing about being her mother being afraid of her dad, it's not true. It was a lie. She's been lied her entire life. And then in 2019, she finds out that there's a bag of bones as opposed to her father. I don't think, and I don't think she thinks that that is not true because she knows, well, then either my mother lied to me and, or my mother, no, this is my father and my mother. And we were been hiding for a long time. And either way, they're being lying to me. And now it turns out that Elizabeth King tells her, yeah, but I'm also Raiden, uh, Raidenton's daughter. So not only my father abandoned us, my mother lied to me, but my daddy spends time with my sister. So, you know, it's like this guy deserves everything bad that happened to him. So I think that when we meet Jennifer and she's like revenge the bitch, you know, and she's all for like, let's put him in jail. I think she's mad as hell. She just wants to punish daddy because daddy abandoned her. Daddy has been lying to her. Mom has been lying to her. And besides, she seems to prefer the sister. And it's at the moment when she sees, I mean, she already had seen Liz put a gun at, at Reddington because she wants some truth. Now she's, it's, it's even going further. Now Liz is like letting this guy kill himself. You know, she's like, there's like no morals left to her. I think that Jennifer got, like, this is this is a sobering moment for her. You think she got spooked? Yes. I think that it was, it was a fun revenge for her. So I'm going to teach daddy what he feels like for lying to me. And mm -hmm. now he's in jail. And she hasn't even contemplated death penalty. But she's seeing what he did to Liz. And th she's seeing herself in that mirror. I can see that. But it's, it's until you see it from her point of view that the character makes sense. Because from the point of view of the audience, it's a flip-flop. From the point of view of the character, it's an evolution right. of, 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 you know what, maybe whatever pissed I am, it's not worth my soul. Yeah, and it's also affecting people other than just Red at this point. And so, I mean, Red's in, you know, even if Red were to, you know, be executed, it's still just him. This was somebody else, not not an innocent person, but someone that should have gone to jail, not mm -hmm. blown his own braids out. Mm -hmm. And it's it it's I think it's more Liz. I mean, the fact that Liz was willing to make this 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 things. It's the same mm -hmm. horror expressed by Russell when you say that Liz that I met or he thought he had met would never have contemplated trade ins or whatever. Mm -hmm. And at this point. He had, and I think that Jennifer is is a character that is actually seeing this and thinking, "I can be there," and you know that she will be there. Yeah, that if you she know sticks that she's with going it long straight. enough. Yeah. So that leaves us with uh, Liz and Red. That leaves us with Liz and Red in a very interesting conversation Liz had with uh, with Dembe. So we now know that Dembe knew Katerina. Yep, and which means Katerina is not dead. Now, I, I agree with that, but how are you making that jump specifically? 
because Katrina supposedly committed suicide in 1990, as we have been told repeatedly, and okay, sorry, rescued yes. Dembe in 1993. So, yeah, you're right. So, unless he had a Ouija board. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's I, timelines. I, yeah I, I haven't run the timeline in a while, so that would... Yep. So that is that means that positively Katerina is not dead, which is actually Red has never. Whenever Red says that her mother dies, Katerina Rostova, the use of the entire name means is the identity. I think he told her that her mother was dead once. It was at the wedding whenever. And your father is dead. The figurative death of the role of the parent. Yeah. And whenever he says, whenever he says Katerina disappeared, is Katerina. Katerina disappeared. Whenever he says Katerina Rostova committed suicide, that's the identity. It's like somebody saying, um, um, uh, like um, Christopher Meinham was a Nazi guy. You know, he wasn't. And he, let's say that he had, you know, fake a death by blowing his brain. So he blew his brain out, but he used the entire name, and that's the identity. Because it's especially tricky if the person's first name is the identity first name. Yeah. It creates an even more level of confusion. It's fascinating what the blacklist does in order to confuse the audience. And the people get so confused. It takes so much dedication to unconfuse oneself. Yeah, I mean, and here's hoping that at the end it'll unravel and we'll make Yeah, a they're talking about sense. getting another season. So I'm not... Hopeful that we will get many answers this one then. Yeah, which is a shame of not not that people won't have a job or anything. I mean, like obviously that's always a good thing. I just I was hoping for more answers. You know, like I I would say have it go forever in a day if it was if we were still getting answers, we were still moving. I just feel like this has been stretched so thin. It's been stretched so thin. And I, I very much enjoyed the individual episodes this season. The episodes themselves mm-hmm. have been great. They just feel like they're it, it's it makes not it look like uh like the bone arc like fast in comparison to how many yeah. I mean we've had last year we had Dom. This year we had Jennifer and we still know very little. So we keep meeting characters from the past. Oh, we and met we Dom get... in season three. No, season three. Yeah. And he was back in season four and back in season five. And we still don't really know much about anybody. Um, so let's go into Red and to Liz and Red. I tell you, I don't know and nobody will com- will, will convince me until I actually see it on, stay on, on screen that... He's not her father. They're so similar, it's ridiculous. Oh, there's the direction on it is definitely to show that she is quite a bit like him. Mm-hmm. And deceitful like her mother. I I just want to see Kat. I want to see Katarina Rostova show up and, uh, oh, that's... I, just Katarina. She will not be Rostova anymore. That was just um, an yeah. identity. Yeah. But, I mean, you know what I mean. The character. Yeah, Katarina. That's why they put the name as a name as a person. As a name of an entity. 
<laughs> confuse people even further. I found fascinating to watch Liz because she has she's a little conflicted, but know that she hasn't really even like said, "Oh my God, Jennifer." Do you realize this is the the death penalty? She's like, no, no, no. We gotta keep going. We gotta find this name. And it, last week it seemed like it was Jennifer saying, you know, you know, finding each other doesn't matter. In the ethicist, what we need is answers. And Liz was like, well, but at least we found one another. Now it's like Liz was like, no, no, no. We need the answers. Well, I think when the answers are dangled in front of her, she gets very uh, zeroed in on it, very focused. And so she's she's after it, you know, like a hound, <laughs> hound mm-hmm. tracking it down. And, I mean, to be fair, at this point, even if she were to stop her investigation, that'd do absolutely nothing to save Red. I mean, her investigating who he is, I mean, at best, you know, if he were to die, at best the investigation would allow her to know, you know, if it was worth it or not. At worst, she hits a dead end, never can get around it, and, you know. Then at at least I can totally see her going. It's already been put into motion is what I mean. Yeah. Well, I I could totally see her going to him and saying, hey, I know that you're on the death row and you're going to die like tomorrow. So why don't you tell me now the truth? Tell me who you really are, because I know you're not Raymond Reddington. Yeah. What did you make of that of that scene where he told when he was saying, "Why are you giving it this case?" And he says, "Have I t- ever told you that I you remind me of of your mother?" Total redirect. I mean, Red's done that for six seasons now. Um, that was he didn't want to hmm. have that discussion with her. And so he picked the thing that he felt like was going to actually distract her. And I loved that comment of, there are a lot of things you haven't told me. <laughs> mm. Boy, you're very, very dark on red. I think that that might be one of the reasons, but there is something else that, that reminded me was Liz pressing him to tell him the truth, to trust her. And I wonder if Katarina had done things to not earn his trust because I think that there is a lot of things, and that is what reminded him of her. Do you think it's possible that Red's toying with the idea that Liz may have set him up? Do you think that's even really on his radar? I think I think it is because the options are very limited. I think that he he might even know at this point because they're so very – I mean, it was mm-hmm. not Cooper – um, so and he's, the the thing is, he still got the task force to think it might have been that. But the only people who knew were where he was was Dembe in Liz. I mean, he could have been follow. He phone could have been tracked because Aram could have done that. Mm-hmm. Aram has always been the the most steadfast um, supporter Red had yeah. in the task force because even Samar had gone a little off Red. It seemed, um, but I think that Red just can't entertain it very. He doesn't want it to be true. Yeah. I think that he is, he's not seeing it. He doesn't want to see it. I think Dembe does exactly know who it was. Oh, you think he did? Cause she, yeah, because he had told her like, you know, you know that he always carried a gun. He told her a few episodes mm. ago. Um, so I think that that Dembe knows, and Dembe is, you know, 
he told Red. And and it's funny because this the arc of this season was was foreshadowed in in when Tom told Red secrets put people in harm's way. <laughs> so now we got Red on death row because secrets put people in harm's way. And family secrets always come out. Yep. Should have listened to Tom. <laughs> well, it's uh, it, it's uh, worthwhile, but it's it's interesting episodes, um, and we did get one very important piece of information for the um, for in terms of mythology, which is that Dembenu Katerina, which means absolutely Katerina did not commit suicide. Katerina uh, Rostova committed suicide, but not Katerina. Uh, the questions now are. Let's talk about that fantastic scene with a psychiatrist. Uh, I I want to thank anybody who listens to us that is from the show. Thank you for giving us Red being analyzed because those scenes were absolutely priceless. They were awesome. The test, they all look like genitalia to me. Um and then that doctor got read down to a T. Yeah. I mean, she had very little time with him, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And she had him pegged. Yeah. And I, what I find the most fascinating part of that is that people hear what she said and they hear confirmation of the imposter or he's not who he's, whose his name was. That's not what she was saying. She was basically saying that he wears a mask for the world to see. I mean, that that was the gist of what she was saying. And the mask is the criminal. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's... Yeah. But that's not the way most people will see that. They will say, oh, see, he's an imposter. No, he's an, he's an imposter. Everything about him is a lie means he's not really a criminal, although he had to become a criminal in order to bring it forward because that's how you do. Remember when he described Tom... To wrestler, what Tom was like the told because I think I don't think wrestler understood until then that that Tom was not really a school teacher. He says he's an undercover up, and once he believes he goes into a role, he believes it himself. He said, and that in he said we share characteristic. He was telling wrestler who he is, and I think that he has been the criminal for so long. He started to think he is, and that's causing that split. So I thought it was phenomenal. And Red's face was, oh, fuck. <laughs> Stingbug. Gen- General Shiro's after, after Tessa. Yeah, there. There you go. It's a proper episode for this. <laughs> Make sure they're dead. Yeah, especially after General Shiro, I'm not going to do the podcast with a bug around the room. Ugh. Um, <laughs> bugs. <laughs> I don't handle bugs well. Not a bug fan. Did you love the scene with Atticus and the and the nod to to kill Mockingbird? I loved Atticus. I loved Atticus. Oh my gosh. What is it about ripping tongues out? There's been the tongue of Jasper. Um, they, I'm gonna cut your tongue with a with a with a butter knife that Red was. 
I don't know, but it's that was apparently what he wanted to do, and he was very fixated on it. Yeah, and I believe quite capable of it too. Oh, I think so. <laughs> it's it was interesting though because the doctor said that the fact that Red stopped Atticus proved that he could tell right from wrong, and I actually I was with Red on that. I disagreed with that because it it showed his moral code mm-hmm. which doesn't necessarily just because at that moment his moral code and society's moral codes coincided doesn't mean that's always the case and which was the point he was making to her at the beginning that mm-hmm. you know he doesn't understand why you know okay so maybe he's killed people but so do other things you know that nobody seems to have an issue with and so it just i kind of felt like that i mean legally standing i mean yeah I get it, but, you know, it was interesting because I felt like it actually, from in the scene, proved Red's point. <laughs> but it was interesting because I got the feeling when they stopped that scene with the, with uh, the, the psychiatrist said, I had one last question, one last question, why did you want it to, what did you want it from, from your friend, from Attic, from Roderick, and Red smiled, and I have a feeling that this character might come back. Because what Red, I obviously what Red is doing is trying to stop an assassination by the Corsican, who has employed methods more less traditional than his, you know, whatever. And he said, "Well, this this whole season started once Red goes in jail. He gives list Doctor Collar." And he, it, the idea is that it's really about Dr. Kohler, but that's not what he wanted. He wanted to stop the Corsican. He tells uh, Shiro, you know, what, the, why, do you the, think, what, why do you think it's the Corsican? Oh, okay. All right. So when Red tells Atticus that he, I have to go backwards, okay? Red tells Atticus that he's there. Uh, to find out who his friend, Atticus' friend or their friend, will uh, who will they contact in order to to perform the next job, which is an assassination. That's what he is, because the FBI is looking for him. The only character that has escaped this season that the FBI is still looking for him is a Corsican. He's an assassin. So. Red went to 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 see Atticus in order to find out who will the Corsican um, basically outsource the the assassination or find a means to get the assassination. That's why, and he's going to General Shiro, and he goes to General Shiro in order to get the name that that Dembe gets, which is Michael Falkirk. Very interesting name, same root as Kirk and Kershaw, meaning church. So that is the means to stop an assassination that the Corsican is going to do. And he told Liz that he needed to get to Missouri in order to work on on an immunity agreement. So it means that the assassination he's trying to stop is the person who's going to work on him for him to give him an an immunity agreement. And the only person who could give him an immunity agreement is somebody high up in the government. So I'm thinking is President Diaz. And that's where his immunity or somebody high up in the military that can that knows what that he wasn't 
uh, guilty of that treason or that he can give me an immunity agreement. And he was looking for the for the pharmacist in order to have a favor to trade. But he can have the favor to trade if the person he's trading it with for saving somebody's life is dead. Right. So that's okay. this is very much like season one in which Red is looking one to get the other to get the other. So he's basically still looking to do the same things that he has done um, from the first moment, which means to me that Red was always thinking about getting that um, immunity agreement or getting himself pardoned. Because I think that he's ending, the mission is ending, he's seeing the end. And he needs that immunity, especially if he was if he's a, a covert and he's they don't they have um, he's on his own. So if he get caught, he gets caught. The government has deniability. What was one of the names that they used uh, back with? Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Um, oh gosh, it was from season four. Um, uh, Milo, something or another. Milos, um, uh, Milos, um, oh. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, though. But he had Miles all the McGrath. That's it. Um, but he had all the names that he was referring the to. One of them was, the yeah, the, the stayed out, the stay out in the cold. Yeah, yeah, those are very opposite. One is one is a spy that wasn't a spy, and the other one was uh, a spy that was a spy and was never caught as a spy. And then there's, yeah, it's. I think we're 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 getting there. I find interesting that this is going to take us to England because one of the cars that we saw in one of the previous, I think, Ali had it in her website, um, was a British car, which is a red hatchback, driving on the right. On the right or on the left? On the right. So that was England. They well, were we drive on the cars. right. Uh, they drive on the left there. No, the the the. Wheel on the right. Oh, 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 the wheel on the right. Sorry, the I thought you meant the, the right. side of the road. No, okay. no, no, the wheel on the right. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what side of the road you drive on, but <laughs> I drive on the right side. <laughs> you saw me driving on the right side, but with the wheel between. on the left side. <laughs> oh. Well, I think that's that's about it, isn't it? Um, do you have anything else for either of uh, them? No, I saw, I mean, there's been a lot of themes that I think we can analyze in maybe another one, maybe one of those season, those uh, weeks that uh, we have some a break. Next week, it will be a double, too. Um, there's a lot of the themes, like like plaid, plaid everywhere. Uh, by the way, what do you think about that prosecutor? Hmm. <laughs> Actor is um, a phenomenal oh, job. Oh, oh the pro see, I'm thinking the judge. No, the, the oh, the judge is quite a different story. Honestly, the prosecutor, I kind of want to punch him in the face most days. Yeah, like he's just kind of obnoxious. Very. And like, I mean, so there we go. I'm, I'm on red side with something. But the judge, <laughs> the judge was actually like flirting with Red, and you know, Red is talking about sexual fantasies better discussed in chambers. And there he goes and put his foot on the mouth by saying things about Schumann, and it turns out the judge is a Schumann uh, fan. Played at her mother's funeral. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So Ray couldn't have put the foot further into his mouth 
up to his kneecap on that one. Remember that he said sometimes his temper gets the worst of them, and then he says things he shouldn't said, and that's how he got, you know, because the, the officer. So it's it's been very entertaining reading in, in, uh, in, in court. I'm not sure that this should be going too much longer. Um, I'm hoping that this will be wrapped uh, it was one of those things that, like, it was a nice nod to the whole Alan Shore thing, but it's kind of gone on too long. It's it goes back to feeling very stretched. And yeah, so. I'm, I'm I'm actually looking forward to the actual trial because I think we yeah. might get some information in there, especially because if Red maintains that he is innocent of the treason to selling documents to Russia, that's a, oh, that's a one thing I wanted. Did we discuss this in the previous one? No, the documents to Russia. And that's not what we've been told. We've been told he sold documents to Islamabad, not Russia. And he, this is the second thing that Red has been accused of. That is not um, that is not what we've been told. Uh, he also said he didn't give um, Sutton Ross the plans for the Grayscape. So somebody was using his name for some other things. And I think the treason to Russia definitely falls in there. So that was it. That's all I got. All right. Well, you can catch us on Tumblr, on Twitter, and on Facebook, and you can listen to us on YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud. We plan to be back next week for the double episode. Yep, see you then. All right, bye-bye.